March 16, 2020, it's a lot from Pedro Show.
Chase me Get me If you want you can pet me Praise me But then let me When I'm trying to get free Don't make me read and be lonely Only want to know joy Just wanna be only Only just Only just a Pedro Show. Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, it's kind of a different day for me doing the show. Uh, Brother Matt, not available. But I, and I'm at my pad, of course, self-isolating, social distancing, like I mostly do anyway. But I'm not completely man alone because of those engineering geniuses at, from Estonia with their Skype software. I got Matt Wilson. Hey, board. Hey, thank you very much for being on the show. And uh, we started off with John Coltrane with uh, Miles Davis doing Straight No Chaser. And then a tune by you and your orchestra called Only Just a Boy. Uh, Matt? Yeah. Uh, what's your earliest recollection? Wow. Well, you know, one very early recollection I had was um, 
or a couple of them actually are musical and they're um one was uh hearing that song um it was by the fifth dimension called uh my beautiful balloon up up and away yeah that uh that just captured my imagination of my i mean i probably was four but that moved me and then um something else from early on was um the song by the turtles happy together sure How i don't know why that song just uh it, it just grabbed me uh it has um uh kind of a what, what strikes me as a sad melody and then really happy lyrics and for some reason that mix just uh it really just struck my little brain. Howard Kale and Mark Volman, also known as Flo and Eddie, they ended up on the T-Rex slider. Uh, I think also Electric Warrior. Uh, my, the first gig I went and saw was T-Rex with D. Boone. Well, that, yeah, the first those guys. What was those guys? I had so many ideas. What was the first gig you went to, Matt? Bruce Springsteen. Okay. What was the first record you brought yourself? Um, let's see. I think that was also Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Thunder Road. Now, now, now you're telling me about hearing uh, Turtles here in Fifth Dimension. Yeah. You were a little boy. Which town was this? Was this Minneapolis? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Minneapolis proper. And you're still there, right? Yeah, now I'm out in the burbs, but uh, right on the edge. Okay. Always within swooping distance. <laughs> Great. Great. So I'm wondering, in the pad that you grew up, uh, was there musical instruments? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, um, the number one main one, really, the main one was piano. We had a kind of a spinet piano. It was no big thing, but... Uh, that for some reason that never grabbed me that much we um me and my brother dan and uh my sister we all had to do piano lessons uh, can i ask you about that because people on the show that have had piano lessons very mixed response yeah <laughs> sometimes really great sometimes almost made them quit music yeah, well, I think it's funny because uh, my brother Dan, who, who we were so alike in so many ways, um, but different too, and he took to piano, and he it just kind of took off for him. He eventually jumped over to some jazz teacher that inspired him, a guy named Herb Wigley. Awesome jazz name. But... <laughs> No, I say that because I, I don't really think it's the piano. I think it's the teachers. Yeah, right. And I tried a couple, but I um, I I think you know, like I I can't golf either. I can't. I uh, I'm spazzy and kind of I've got a monkey sort of vibe, and you know. And so, for anyway, I at some point um. In fifth grade, um, this, our school had, you could choose an instrument, and I became a drummer. And th that was way more down my line. And then I never picked up piano, really, until maybe about two years ago. 
and now it's my my main thing. I love it. <laughs> well, were, were your parents piano players? Your ma, your pa? No, no. But my uh, they, you know, my biggest influence, you know, and the and the guy who kind of led it for me was my brother Dan. He's just uh, he he started buying records. He got an electric guitar, and I was a couple years younger than him, and. I just followed him. Everything he did, I was just kind of marched around behind him like a little mini Dan. So he, he kind of led the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so d you said you had you were in school. You, I was going to ask you about school and music. So you were kind of in, what, like the jazz band? Or the... Well, that you know, in fifth grade, I was just it was just like a little you know horn band. Okay. But I I knew I knew if, even then I knew that. Playing horns was not cool, and playing drums was the only way to be cool. Oh, was it like the marching band for like the yeah, football yeah, team? Yeah, yeah, it was just a school band. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, here in Pedro, you know, there was there was a couple more bands, but there was the guys that would dress up like pirates, and yeah, there was, <laughs> it wasn't trap drums, right? Be a field drum or a <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no I never did that. Players, shit like that, trumpet. Yeah, yeah. No, like I, I think I had a I like I. Maybe the only thing I had going for me was I knew what was cool somewhat, and I knew <laughs> that drum set. You know, that was I wanted to get on a drum set eventually. That was my, you know, where I was going with it. And uh, I always knew that being in marching band was not cool. Yeah. Well, you know, look, the way I look at it, anytime you play, you're getting ready for the next time you play. So it's never wasted. Right, no, of course not. That, of course not. That's just my idea, but yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I tried. They, my whole thing about school and music was a, a disaster. I got thrown out after <laughs> ten weeks. Mister Luna was the teacher, and he's like, Mister Watt, you try hard, but you stop, stop <laughs> wasting your your time and my time. And they looked at the class our time. So, <laughs> uh oh, yeah. never took another one of those again. Uh, here, I want to play here, Landon.
this game is so absurd You fly in through my window And head straight for the door Little bird, don't be disturbed I've seen where you've been burned And I've memorized your song But forget it when you're gone Little bird, won't you spread Your wings and fly out of my head Oh, fold your wings into my bed Lay right down, stay with me instead Fold your wings into my bed Lay right down, stay with me instead Rest assured, little bird I've listened to your sound It's my heart that won't hear you Keeps making me a fool Little bird, ain't you heard That freedom's just a word all live in cages, doll. It's just a question of how small. Little bird, would you spread your wings and fly out of my hand? Or fold your wings into my bed and lay right down. Stay with me and stay. Lay right down. Stay with me and stay Lay right down Stay with me and stay Make sure you concentrate on The lyrics to this song I only miss the time that I met King Charles the First, four hundred years old. He found it hard to connect with the people for all his bodyguards, so he had to suffer and early die. I find it hard to read, I find it hard to concentrate. But in the face of finding your space, I'll support with love. I know that love can be deep, and you get that from Courtney Barnett's songs. But I usually concentrate on the rhythm. 48 hours with you, my love, and I feel so strong. With no idea what's about to happen. Yeah, he is so regal in what was his kingdom Now I feel connected next to him It was nice to meet his friend He made his necklaces and boots He took a photograph to make this last But 
Now I miss Litchfield, Trent Valley. Now I miss my body's hands. Now I miss folk stories and romance.
When I see a cross, I am a little afraid of the ignorance probably coming. The cross in your rearview mirror just shows you're self-centered. Your actions play that out. All of your prayers don't justify your means. Your daily greed grows. It is amazing what you do when you get into a store. The slightest provocations make you drop your good wishes and treat people like crap. I like the idea of a Savior who would bless us all with caring and love. Where the hell is yours? Stand in the sunlight There's a story that your rags will tell You won't land in a paradise tomorrow You'll be stuck until the final bell Stumble, stammer, all the wrong grammar You will never get yourself a deal I know all about real life I know all about the real life I know all about real life and I know it's not real I'm on the town with my sweet wife And a bill that I can never pay I'm underground in my real life And I'm wishing I could fly away Falling, sorrow, crawling for tomorrow My collar is a ring of steel
Waffle Pedro Show. That was Landon, Matt Wilson. Then we had uh, Tallum, brand new album from him, uh, Repeating History, Fantasy Spires from Up in the City with Show Me Love, and that's, that's brand new, brand new band too. Schizofuel out in Amarillo with Lil Bird. Not going to see you guys this time because tour postponed. Uh, Lucy Leave, Bilge Pump out of England with uh, King Charles, the first returns in archaeological digging. Stoma from Rotterdam, Eris. Uh, Bruno with the the base of the bow. Incredible. Guided by voices. Think Be a Man. <laughs> Bob Pollard. I think he's working on his 110th album now. <laughs> he he was here on New Year's. They did a 100-song gig. Five hours. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> incredible. Joe Brewer, Please Be True. And then Real Life from Matt Wilson, his orchestra. So... You talk about your brother Dan and all this. So you guys had like the garage or bedroom cellar band, basement band. Yeah, after yeah, school. we. Yeah, tell me about that. Did you guys? What'd you do? Did you copy songs off records, or did you start writing songs right away? Um, you know, um, it we uh, so Dan was uh, into jazz, and I never was really kind of personally super into it, but I was into whatever Dan was into. Um, just because he was my guy, yeah. and uh, and so we were we were kind of on a prog rock, um, jazz fusion thing yeah. for for a couple years in there while we were he was in high school and I was coming up through middle school, and and so uh, and and he wrote a bunch of songs. He wrote a bunch of um, all instrumental compositions, and I was the drummer, and. I loved it, you know. I just loved it. So and we record. We recorded some. I um. I can't remember what our mode was. It might have just been one of those um, uh, like shoebox sized cassette recorders where you, you know, the buttons are all on one end and. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I'm thinking about the prog drummers. Were you into what the, the Rush guy or? Uh, Alan, oh no! Alan no! White no! Or? Billy yeah, Cobham. no. I actually of, saw the Mahavishnu Orchestra with B B Billy Cobham. That was more what we were trying to do is like Billy Cobham and um, uh, Alan White. I mean, I, I guess just um, it was just like fusion jazz, you know, like Chick Corea, that kind of thing. Uh, keyboard? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, and like whoever was playing with him, I, you know, I was just a little guy, and I, I wasn't uh, as much of a student of it as my brother was. Okay, yeah, because you wanted to do what your brother was doing. Yeah. So, kind of far from grooving, but a lot of parts, probably. A lot of parts. Got my, um, you know, like that makes you get your uh, your chops together somewhat. And, mem and memory. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. God. Counting. Right. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Love it. <laughs> Twelve of these, thirteen of them, fifteen of these. Yeah. yeah. When when um when kind of new wave came along, that was um that was revelatory to me um because it was much it was a little more in kind of the monkey uh just go ape shit kind of mode that I was more natural to me. Yeah. So you know. I had a band called The Panic when I was in high school. And we played, um, 
our, you know, part, one of our goals, we just played as fast as we could. That was kind of our thing. And so this was in like 79 and 80. And we started playing at 7th Street. Wow. And, and it was, uh, it was all people. those bands. Uh, for the listeners out there, that's part downtown music scene in Minneapolis, the First Avenue. Yeah. The 7th Street entry actually was the hatch on 7th Street. Yeah. And it was a little room. And uh, me and D. Boom put out the first Husker album, which was recorded around that time. Uh, let, let's go back to the prog band. Did it ever have a name, the, the Wilson Brothers? or? Uh, no, it didn't. We never kind of, you know, it was just a, it was just kind of this basement uh, fantasy experimentation that we were doing. Did really. you ever do a gig? We had a gig. Um, so then as time went on, uh, we got to be so that uh, we were able to, uh, we were two years apart. And so we were in the high school jazz band for a year together. And that led to a gig. And I think it kind of changed our lives in a way because now we were, he was, Dan was playing bass and I was playing drums and we were the rhythm section and it was kind of getting real for us. Um, this excitement of performing together. And, uh, so that led to more and more. So that band actually did a gig. I mean, yeah, you know, it was, it was the high school jazz band. Oh so no, was, no, I'm was, talking about the prog. Well, no, it was just this, it was like it was Dan and I being our prog selves. Oh, at, along with know. the kids at school. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Sorry, I, I'll get this yeah. mind reading thing together. We won't even have, have to do questions and answers. I just let everybody know what you think. <laughs> so in the meantime, though, please use words. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm going to so keep I'm working thinking, on the words. Uh, but but you're pulled by this uh, new wave thing that's happening. And your brother's right. not so much interested in that? I don't know. He um No, it's hard to he, tell people I try to tell people about those days, late seventies. It was almost like a line in the sand. Some people were like, Fuck this ain't music, fuck this shit. I think and I think that that kind of happened to Dan and I to some degree, you know. But we agreed on a lot too. We loved. Yeah, yeah. But I Elvis remember Costello. those times. I mean, people. We, me and Deep Boom were way in the minority when George Hurley wanted to play with us. It was a big shot, you know, because he was a happening guy in high school. Why do you want to play with these two idiots, you know? Uh -huh. And this whole thing, the clothes, the it just freaked people out. Yeah, playing as fast as you can or whatever, playing with the chainsaw. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, because there was a lot of artists here in, in the early days of the movement. I guess New Wave was one, kind of one part of the kind of the zany pop. But there was also some serious kind of provocative stuff. It was just a freak show for us. And uh, it, it was kind of a divider. And nowadays, I notice people who know how to play, you know, Berkeley School of Music, they have no problem with punk. No problem. But in those days, I don't know, here, in Minneapolis, maybe it was a little different. But, man... Uh, luckily, your brother didn't freeze you all the way out. When I put no. a picture of Richard Hell on my base, you don't know what kind. Of, that was like a, a line in the sand. It was fucking bullshit here. <laughs> I know. Yeah, my for me, like um, at that time, what was really kind of solving the questions in my life was, you know, when Devo came along. Like yeah. that was the thing that hit me the hardest. You know, and everyone got some people you know, had more of, were attracted by kind of fuck the man. But I felt much more um, attracted to this 
or I, I felt like a little robot. I had felt like a, a, a little kind of Pinocchio, you know, mechanical boy when I was young. I, I, I've just kind of like something about the, the time and the onset of technology, me and my suburban home feeling like a, my whole future is programmed. And so to me, it was that kind of um, expressing this kind of mechanical, you know, that, that vibe. That was what moved me ab about that time. What was his name? Alan. And I think they called him the machine or so. That, that cat could hold some pretty good time. He's like kind of a Jackie. You know, uh, well, who are you talking about? The guy in Devo? Yeah. What's his name, he, Alan? I, I can't remember. He was like the one that wasn't a brother, I think. That's right. He, That's right. He was the other one. And he was great. He was, they were all amazing, you know, yeah. like, actually, you know. And then the themes, yeah, about being a, a spud boy and that stuff and a good uh, social critique. And I, th I, I liked him, too. It was a big gig when they came here and played in Hollywood. It was a. Uh, I think they do little kid music now, Mutato. <laughs> a place on Sunset Boulevard. One of the yeah. one of the brothers, one of the Bobs passed away though. But oh. I, I think that band inspired a lot of cats. Uh I thought they were pretty wild. And also they were used by the knuckleheads against uh, you know, fuck you Devo. They drive around the block to say and I asked Mark Mothersbaugh about that once. He said, Yeah, huh. why was it always fuck you Devo? <laughs> then, you know, these assholes painting their fingernails two years later. I mean, humans are a weird species. Of course. But uh, getting back, okay, so as you get more into new way, you join other bands besides playing with your brother? Um, well, I had, so I, I had this, uh, this group, The Panic, was uh, just kind of took me all the way through high school, and we, you know, just for, for, you know, for us, we were on an amazing run because we we warmed up. All we basically did was warm up for other bands. We were kind of odd and young, and I think we were just kind of like an hors d'oeuvre that um, Steve McClellan, the booker over at oh, yeah, uh, First beautiful. Avenue, he would just, you know, say, oh, these guys would be great, you know, like warming up for this band. So we, we were just like the, the warm-up band for everybody at the, our peak warm-up achievement was we warmed up for you two at, at First Avenue. That was like that was something, and that meant so much to us. Did you, do you remember the first Panic gig? God, great question. I, you know what? I think it was um, it was just at a it was like at a basement party, and the other band was way better than us, and also way more well received and they played stones covers you know they and they just were just kind of they were cool and mysterious and super kind of you know awesome dudes in that band and, and we were just a bunch of nerds have you uh you've heard of black flag right of course well you know that their first name was panic no i didn't know that well that's why we're doing the show <laughs> no, no, they uh, there was already a band in Hollywood, I think, and they they changed their name. Uh, Raymond came up with Black Flag. Uh, <laughs> it was just trippy. But you guys were the Panic, right? The Panic, yeah. yeah. 
And these guys were just panic. And they were going to put out a record on Bump, and Greg Shaw never put it out. So Greg said, fuck it. And they changed the name to Black Flag. They put it out on their own little thing. And, you know, you know the rest. That, way better name. <laughs> and I'm, the, the way I met the Hooskers was uh, them opening up for uh, Black Flag at uh, entry. We would open up for uh, Husker Du many times. Yeah. At, at parties. And, you know, and, and Grant was so social. So he would he would be there. You couldn't go to 7th Street without running into Grant. He was just kind of posting up there. And, um, you know, so he just kind of connected everything. I love him. Miss him big time. Look, we're yeah. at the end of the first hour, March 16, 2020, Dish Watt Peter. So special get Matt Wilson. Hold tight for hour two. March 16, 2020, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. When I was a writer, all the words just came to me. Little birds explain to me, this is how it sounds. Lies, am I taking down? 
Let's go. 
Pedro Show started the second hour off with When I Was a Rider by Matt Wilson's orchestra. Mike uh, Rignetta after that, I think he's doing a 20-minute song a month for this year. So this is the first one from uh, January, A Notable Absence. Nicholas Mares after that with Fashion, the Neto Mele Cooperative, Os Vestia Se, 
And finally, Matt Wilson's orchestra doing Come to Nothing. So, what was the story of the panic? How did it end up after high school? Did it keep going? Uh, um, no, we went our separate ways. I, uh, I was kind of determined to um, be more than a drummer, you know, because I, uh, I wanted to get out front and I wanted to write songs and sing. I just had that bug. So I started learning how to play guitar. What about um, uh, Don Henley? Who was that guy in Rare Earth? Oh, I mean, there were I, some drummer singers, right? You know, you know, there D- have Dennis, been, Dennis but it's Wilson. hard. It's hard. It's like I remember um, Grant Hart, like Grant, amazing. Yeah, but I mean, you're right. There's, there's, the, there's the gods. There's the gods among us, but I, that wasn't me. You know, like I, I didn't have that personal power. Like Grant, you know, like he, if you put him on piano, then he'd be like um, uh, Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> that guy, Jerry you know what Lee I mean? Lewis. He's just Jerry Lee Lewis. He, yeah, he just kind of had that, like, you chutzpah. know. Chutzpah. Chutzpah, yeah. <laughs> right. He's the center. Okay, okay. So you want to learn guitar? Learn some guitar. Um, right. I went out and drummed in, uh, so I followed my brother out to school. Okay. We both went to the same school. I just went right out there after him in uh, Boston. And... Uh, I, I played drums in his band and he was the singer and uh, we uh, we played all over town in Boston and that was kind of my coming of age you know as as a real what was that band called that well we played in a couple bands along the way that first one was called animal dance okay. not a great name <laughs> but we we we, uh, we learned a lot and I think I kind of learned mainly that I still didn't want to be a drummer uh, <laughs> I wanted to do more. Yeah, yeah. Then, um... Wanted we, to do more. The drums you use every fucking limb of your body. <laughs> I know. I know. No, and it's George awesome. Tell me it like, was you, like, you uh, end up, like, looking at the labels on everybody's jeans. Like, no one no one turns around to see you. I'm social, you know, and I, I want to... It, it, you know what I mean? I, I think I also had that thing where I wanted to be the center of attention, like a lot of people do. You never, of course, can, you can't relate to that. A drummer man, musically in rock and roll, I think is the center. It's just everyone's in denial. I don't know if you see me. This is a big mistake me and D Boone made. Minutemen, Georgie should have never been in the back. In the last twenty years, I've had all my drummers set up at the front of the stage. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I got I, out of yeah, that it's shit. like it's so just to bring them in, the just to bring them into the the society. Absolutely. And you're right, staring at fucking culos. I remember, um, so uh, way much, much later than this, I joined a band called Polera in Minneapolis. It was Ed Ackerson's band. In a way, it was very new wave. It was a return to new wave. And I was the drummer in that group. I kind of reverted and went back to drumming. I got my chops back together. And I remember like finishing shows and just thinking to myself, I killed it. Tonight, it's like, everybody saw what I can do. Like I, I just nailed it. The groove, everything, huge fills, you know, like I, I was so proud. And then I'd like kind of wander toward the front of the stage to kind of accept my adulation and meet the people after the show. And no, nobody came over to me. It, it's a, it's a, um, you know, which is fine, but it's like a, no, uh, it's, a challenge, it's a challenging thing to be a drummer. 
Yeah, emotionally. I don't know. I don't know. I think you need a good drummer. <laughs> it's so funny. I I, it's so funny, but maybe I'm biased because even though it looks like a guitar, the closest note is the kick drum. Maybe some toms. But I, I, I really share a lot of affinity with drummers. I love them. And I think anybody in the band would be better at what they're doing if they could also do drums. Oh, for personal. sure. For now, sure. Uh, I want to play Petty Thief here.
tripping off this kush highest shit. Looking at these hieroglyphs for survival, I am fit. I question everything, nothing ever seems legit. Just because it make dollars, that don't mean it makes sense. And when the stars fall, that don't mean make a wish. We might be running out of time, it's that paradigm shift. Nigga, my flow mathematically precise. From the inside out, I'm providing you the light. Solar power, spit flame from the brain. Ain't feeling these rap niggas like Novocaine. They hated my indigenous pigment. Hip hop straight from a pure hip. This is coming from Los Angeles. Rapping like you from the Bronx. They found them in Africa to have them out the launch. Indigenous. They hated my indigenous pigment. Hip hop straight from a pure hip. This is coming from Los Angeles. Rapping like you from the Bronx. Niggas start complaining like a bitch. This that equinox. I play both sides of the fence. What you can't accept the challenge, nigga. Life about the balance, like night and day. It's all science and mathematics. I'm the nigga with the military mind. Swagged out though. I am revolutionary fly. Moving with that yin yang type of vibe. Realize I am Capricorn gone Gemini. Lyrically, I have no competition. So jealous rap niggas transform the politicians. These niggas fake. Let's get this shit straight. I don't battle or debate. I just annihilate. Been in the game since the beginning, man. Mentally in a different age than the average 10% of brains. Infinite, limitless, God MC spitting that wickedness. Infamous. They hated my indigenous pigment. Hip hop straight from a pure lyricist. Coming from Los Angeles, rapping like you from the Bronx. They found them in Africa to have them out the launch. Indigenous. They hated my indigenous pigment. Top of my game like missionary With a bird's eye for a third eye A visionary You hear no evil See no good when you see me When having no other way if I could Flow complex, rhymes dope Versions get took out of context Like Bibles when I write though You couldn't beat me if you made my instrumentals Welcome inside my brain behind the bars I am intro mental The mad artist, feel a temper in my tempo When I write, it's lyrical murder Poisonous pencil, they on my neck Like Dracula biting my style But imitation only lasts a little while They hated my indigenous pigment Hip hop straight from a pure lyricist Coming from Los Angeles Rapping like you from the Bronx They found them in Africa The album about the launch Indigenous They hated my indigenous pigment Hip hop straight from a pure lyricist Coming from Los Angeles Rapping like you from the Bronx They found them in Africa The album about the launch Indigenous They hated my indigenous pigment Hip hop straight from a pure lyricist Coming from Los Angeles Rapping like you from the Bronx They found them in Africa The album about the launch Field nigga shit. I'm in the city for another try. This time I really wanna be a decent guy. Where people say I'm on the up and up, but there's a hidden limitation that could mess me up. Some people look into my eyes and know. Some people barely see me and they turn to gold My dreams and my schemes are gonna fall apart I'm not joking that I'm broken up inside my heart Even though I try And I believe I'm a decent guy Everyone around is bound to cry I think you better walk Because as soon as I begin to talk I make a smoke machine, a castle in the sky 
Petty Thief, Matt Wilson's orchestra, uh, Andrew Vita out of Berlin with Vegas Martinez, Mario DeSandro, Strange and Narrow Path, he just moved here to Pedro, uh, Di J. Wrights, Indigenous, and finally Decent Guy, Matt Wilson's orchestra. So what happens after Polara? Uh, well, so, you know, what we skipped, what we didn't talk about was this okay. 10-year chunk of Trip Shakespeare, and that was the group that uh, I uh, and my brother got going in Minneapolis and uh, we traveled around. We got signed to a record deal, which was just kind of a, a miracle. And, you know, one of the major stages along the way back in those days. And so um, that was really the next thing that happened. Okay. So and, you guys, you learn all your music stuff in Boston and you come back to town and you do this uh, Trips Shakespeare. 
I remember right. Steve McClellan telling me about you guys. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I love we, we had um, our bass player, uh, John Monson, was a giant Mike Watt fan. And, you know, Firehose, everything, you know, all that stuff. He was just on it. Many a, many a couch I sat on as we listened to your records. So uh, that was kind of just part of our parallel. It was kind of happening right in parallel. Your, your coming of age was happening right in parallel to that um, when Trip Shakespeare was kind of also It was hard blooming. time. I have to tell you, Matt, you know, because people will tell like a lot more people saw Firehose than Minutemen. But my Firehose years were very difficult. Man, losing D. Boone was really. Oh. So I don't even like to remember about those days because it's just. Uh. But uh, anyway, how was your experience with the big label? That's almost like piano teachers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it was, it was great. Um, it was funny. I, I had a, a hard time personally with the actual making of our first record because we had a producer. And looking back, I think he did a great job. But I, I think I had a real kind of a, a work ethic kind of uh, approach to music. And this producer was just kind of like, um, he, and again, I say he did a great job, but I couldn't relate to what he was doing. He'd like tell the engineer to like make a, you know, comp the vocals. And then he went and just played uh, pinball for a long time and then he'd come back it just was very laid back and I was just like <laughs> I just you know I was all antsy it was that monkey vibe I had do you remember the engineer's name uh, Jim Rondinelli yeah so maybe he should get the credit <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly I've but heard I, got, I gotta say this guy he actually he managed this. it right it was just very laissez-faire and uh and he knew what he wanted. He 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 brought in all his own gear. So we we uh, up to that point we had played through these really cheesy um, PV amps. Just you know, like what PV one twelve. You know, with like almost no power. We just thought we had this um, ethic at the time where we thought it doesn't matter what we play through. You know, we just it's all about what we play. And then after we um, made this record with all this awesome gear, you know, we were all playing through these um, Marshall Blues Breakers is what he had us playing through, Dan and I on guitar. And we just could never go back. We immediately got Marshall Blues Breakers, you know, with our uh, <laughs> record company money. And, and, and then we were just really just killing ourselves because we'd gone through all those years playing through these rinky-dink amplifiers. Well, you know, <laughs> maybe it's not where you're from. It's where you're at, you know. <laughs> yeah, Somebody no, I know, me. I know. You know, if you don't know in your situation, right, you, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, you found out what you were missing, though. So you yes. didn't really think it was a problem before, right? It, right, it we had no idea yeah, like what right, it was right. to, to be huge. And so you did this for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, we did. We uh, we went all around the country, and uh, we uh, we made our first uh, major label record um, was that one I was just talking about, and it was kind of okay. And we uh, it changed our lives. You know, we we actually like we're down in Florida touring, and someone recognized us just on the street. They looked inside our van and said, "Yeah, you two guys, you're a Trip Shakespeare," and so that was you know that was new. 
<laughs> and rare. That didn't happen a lot, but that was that was something. <laughs> it, yeah. Uh, we're at the end of the second hour, March 16, 2020, Dishwap Peter Show, special guest Matt Wilson. Hold tight for hour three. March 16, 2020. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. Come on. 
you might be surprised at what you found. But keep you stable, keep you on the ground. You ain't running away, boy, you're sticking around. You never know what's coming down the pipe. You never know, might be right. Might make a day, might break your back. Stand tall, take the best crack. Bubblegum candy, gonna make a day. Crack your beer and smoke away. You're a married man, you got all the right. If you're home by 10, you're gonna be alright. Three beautiful girls, and they're screaming at you. They say they love you, they swear they do. Hugs and kisses, gonna make it okay. Hell yeah, I'm king for another day. You never know what's coming down the pipe. You never know what might be right. Might make your day, might break your back. Stand tall, take your best crack.
next day I couldn't believe it Neighbors called up to say hello We don't want you mad at us Because we like to stay at home Well that's okay But let's keep in touch We're gonna wake up the neighbors Invite them over tonight We're gonna wake up the neighbors And tell them they're alright We're gonna wake up the neighbors And tell them we don't need that wall between us We don't need that wall between us
Watch for Pedro Show start third hour with Mab Wilson doing Blue Electra. Then the downfire that had uh, Craig Bell from last show, Bass Band. Sleep. San Ardo after that, I am King. Crane. Wake up the neighbors. Uh, leftists after that, Pry. And Matt Wilson with Descender. Okay, t- tell me about Matt Wilson and his orchestra. Yeah, well, um, so after my uh, Trip Shakespeare days, I uh, kind of took a shot at uh, being a solo guy. And that's um, the last two songs that you played here, um, Descender and also Blue Electra. Those are from my um, era where I was attempting to be a solo guy. But it was, uh, I find that that's a lonely that's a lonely row to hoe. And, you know, maybe not for me. I, no, me, I like you, a li- to have a, a little bit of a, um, of a posse. Yeah, but Matt, me and you got the same initials. Yeah. And you know, our initials can be read upside down. Sideways, upside down. <laughs> yep. It's all right. It's all right. Sometimes, uh, look, I made this solo record with 48 other people. You know, a bass player's like glue. If you got nothing to stick to, you're just a fucking puddle. So <laughs> I can totally relate to what you're talking about. You know? In these bands, you know, so there's more room in the boat, you know, just a, a drummer and a guitar. And I'm thinking of that poor, lonely kick drum. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we all come from different places. So, so, so you, but you try out this, you know, I'm going to use my name so you know who to blame, kind of. Truth. Right, right. And I, uh, but I, I decided that I wanted to have other people to fall back on and blame instead. <laughs> Pass the buck. <laughs> so, um, uh, for a while, I was in a group called the Twilight Hours, and that was um, that was pretty fun. But a, you know, funny thing that I found was that you know my voice is soft and it's a little bit cloudy i always thought ever since i was young i always thought it sounded a little bit like charlie brown (laughs) that kind of chalky vibe so it was fine um but i think i got i got tired of fighting against um electric guitars with my voice and i want i was looking to just create a band that um could play all the songs that i had written because the songs that I write tend to be um, a little bit in the old school where, you know, they're chords and melody. You could make, you could make uh, sheet music out of them, you know, and, and sing them. Then that doesn't mean they're great, but they're, they're in that style. Um, and so I felt like maybe if I uh, just got a group that was gentler, then my cloudy voice could kind of, peer through the middle a little bit um, between some kind of plucky instruments. And it just so happened that I, um, I was at a festival, a music festival um, up in northern Minnesota, and I saw this banjo player that I had known for a long time, but I saw him uh, singing and playing with his group. And uh, the time that they had in terms of like that that kind of – musical time the the swing they had a real pocket they didn't have a drummer and this banjo player had a pocket and i just kind of noted that and then at that same festival up in the the, up in the woods 
right near Canada, I also saw this harp player named Fela. And she was someone that I'd known for a long time, just from Minneapolis music, and actually collaborated with her once on a show. And I just, what I knew about her was that she was really um, very arrangement. Uh, she just could really arrange. She could. Uh, she was inventive. She'd come up with ideas, and she's very musical. And um, but then I just hearing her play on that particular weekend, I was just basically was noting how beautifully she could play, and so these ideas were kind of all swirling around in my head. And uh, I had a friend that had been a bass player, had been my electric guitar friend for years my lead lead guitar buddy but um he'd play bass with me once before and his groove was really good and so uh i decided to get these people together and see if maybe that could be my um uh, my my group and that uh it just sounded really good we recorded the first rehearsal and it just had a sound and it was sunshiny and it was bright and it made me happy immediately and it had that thing where it was a sound that's bitching i mean and that's what you're looking for right uh it's something that it with that has its own voice yes i, I want to play some trip shakespeare so people can hear uh, what you were like before this <laughs>
Watching the watchers. 
to notice till it's at their front door. Who's watching the watchers? Who's watching the watchers? I was born in a city that hummed, a city that hummed, a city that hummed.
your dad? Yeah, those are, yeah. Uh, awesome. The, the whole story is true. And I guess in, in Pete Townsend, his father gives him a girly magazine. Right. To come of right. age, right? Well, my pop giving me the piss bottle. <laughs> the secrets are yeah. revealed. I mean, that this actually happened. Uh, it was a moment of truth. Tri uh, trip, the uh, toolmaster of Brainerd, uh, Trip Shakespeare, uh, Mod Visual, Sex Change, uh, AB Normal, Wicked Silver Machine, the single version. Craig Bell, it was last week. I was watching The Watchers. And finally, The Twilight Hours, Dreams, uh, that band you were talking about. Yep. Just before the orchestra. And so. All these songs I've been playing from the orchestra, the new record. Uh, where'd you do it? In Minneapolis? Right here in the very room where I'm sitting. Wow, just in the basement here. See, it's not all bad new days, people. You can make albums in your pad nowadays. Yes. That's such a great thing. Oh, wow. So how long did it take, Matt, to do? Well, um, basically about a year. But, you know, the first one, what we were doing is um, we would make a – make just a song and then we'd make a video. And so we did that with the song real life. And then we, so we did that three times. We make a song and we make a video of it. Yeah. And, and that was fun. And, um, but things were moving slowly and, um, our, our booking agent, um, he was just kind of a lot of energy for us and, and a, a great guy and full of, um, positivity and i was just like I, I just i need someone to kind of help me <clears throat> take this to the next level and so i said you want to be my manager and he said yeah um you have to stop making videos to finish your album <laughs> and so that's what we did and so we you know the, after spending you know s maybe seven months maybe even eight months just doing one song at a time and then making an elaborate video, then uh, we just bang the rest out, you know, and and finished it, you know. And we at the same time, we um, made an agreement with this record company called Pravda. And that gave us this deadline, this, you know, that we had to finish, we had to meet in order to, you know, get our record out this week. Right. Literally this week. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's what we did. Okay, so it's coming out, and what's the next plan? Tour? Right. Well, if touring wasn't dead right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just had one postponed. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, so it's like uh, that it, – in, in a way, it's been, um, it's been a hell of a week. This is uh, – Mike, you and I are talking on the week when just kind of everything ground to a halt and, right. you know, all the social distancing thing has set in. And so our, our uh, tour, you know, we have a lot, a lot of gigs on the books, but, you know, they're just going to go away as they should. Okay. So what about the uh, social distance correct way? Uh, where can they f people find you on the Internet? Oh, um, you go to my website, um, yeah, which is MinneapolisMatt.com. There's spell, all kinds of for wannabe imitations out there that are mini that are, whose names are Matt Wilson. So okay. you got to go to Minneapolis Matt. Yeah, spell it for him. Spell it for him. M i n n e a p o l i s m a t t. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah, Minneapolis hey, well, Matt. You know, I think you came up with. I I, I dig this uh, 
stage of your music journey. I think you mm. came up with a righteous uh, band and album, you know. And Thank I you. you. I want you to keep on keeping on. And, you know. Thank you. Uh, what about this band? Uh, do you talk to your brother about it? Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm still, uh, you know, he's my... Uh, He's my mentor and my uh, my seer and my sage. I, you know, he's everything. And that, uh, the funny thing about Dan, um, Dan's, uh, you know, people love to collaborate with him and write songs with him. And I, I sure did. And I didn't even know how good I had it when I was uh, writing songs with him. <laughs> but one thing about him, Dan, is I remember when I was in eighth grade, you know, he was just encouraging me, like, telling me, you know, Matt, you're a great drummer, keep it up, you know, like, what, I love your playing, I love that Phil, just always this positivity, and I, th I think that's why people like to work with them. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, much respect, maybe one time I can have him on the show, and when you guys make another thing in another year after a couple videos, mm -hmm. <laughs> will you come back on the show, we'll talk about it? Oh my God, of course, okay. it's a, it's an honor and a pleasure. Right, you've been very kind. And a big honor for me to have you aboard. People, it's been a March 16, 2020 Dishwap Pedro Show. Be careful, be safe. Let's try to get healthy. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>